March 16, 2006, in your home, at work, and around the world, broadcasting without borders, this is Eye on the Future Radio with Hepsiboa. Visit Eye on the Future's website at www.ionthefutureradio.com for upcoming guests. To learn more about Hepsiboa and her extensive list of prophecies, visit www.sayoshant.org. That's www. The topic for today's show. The sixth in a series of shows this month with very special guest Alan Watt, researcher and author. From discussions on high masonry to the global elite, Jesuit, esoteric religion, and much, much more. And with this, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome, and we welcome very much so, Alan Watt. We welcome you. And you who are wanting to be in the know, and you who are in the know, and are afraid to speak up. Nevertheless, it's time to open up the curtain and let the sun shine in. If you're afraid of the sun, keep running and hide wherever you can, because things are not getting better. They're getting worse. Hi, Ellen. Hello, how are you? It's so good to have you here. And you know, some of the people, when you speak to the people, it seems that I think that they're not only ostriches, that they just basically never understood that there was an agenda. How about that? That's amazing. I know, I know. Uh Well, that's level one reality in the matrix. That's swallowing the world as it's been presented to them where they think that somehow they're being well-managed and they don't have to know how that management is taking place or who's doing it. And uh, they're so surprised to find out that their managers have a different agenda for them. And so they go into a sort of panic. And, uh, and then they run off in all directions, of course, trying to figure ways to save themselves. Um, so that's what we're seeing really is a panic situation with most people. Not with them all, though. I mean, there are some people who've watched this for many years, but I think the majority of them have really believed that somehow these vague, invisible experts that run their lives are, are, are doing a good job, you know. But do you really think that these people, how can you? You know, you could, you could not really think that these people never saw the light or that these people never came to a place because, you know, I uh, I did hear from some Bible thumpers this morning, and they said, uh, well, of course, we knew all the time revelations of this coming. And they said, do you really know, do you really understand that this is a road map? Why are you saying that, a road map? I said, well, maybe you should listen to Alan Watt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they can't. Uh, well, they've been so well conditioned See, the oldest trick in the book, in priesthoods, has been to convince the public to actually work towards an agenda which the public themselves don't understand, and and to do it by religion. And in other words, if God said so, then it must be true, and and God can be questioned. And of course, they think that their God is taking them to uh, this uh, Armageddon-type era, where if, if they keep on their knees and, and they grovel enough, maybe, just maybe, one or two of them will be saved, you see. <laughs> and, and, and they, they won't... Uh, <laughs> to, I mean, really, it's so pathetic. Um, they won't do anything to stop it, because if they try and stop it uh, or get involved, then that's going against God's plan, you see. So so they're stuck in the middle there um, of, of being terrified of what's coming down and then in double-think language of George Orwell, uh, it's God's plan at the same time. So this terrorist called uh, God, you see, has gotten stuck in the middle where all he can do really is pray and keep on their knees. And maybe there'll be one or four thousand. Yeah, but you know the thing when you look at people, then and then you sort of wonder... And 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 you sit back and you say, and and you know when I when, it's 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 frustrating 
because I have so many people in Ontario that have taught for years, and I really believe that they had gotten it. And then, of course, I'm gone from there for 15 years, and now I'm discovering that they sort of filtered themselves back into that churchy uh, kind of, uh, well, you know, God isn't approachable, and also because they have been lied about the whole creation story, so they have bought that, but then when you go to Revelations, and you start to say, but you know you have to understand that it is laid out there. And they said, what do you mean? It's a prophecy. I said, no, it is not a prophecy. It's a road map. It, it's a road map, a plan, yes. Yeah. It's a well-devised plan, and much of it, what it contains has been done before. That's why they knew they could make this work over time. And of course, uh, it's like the Rolling Stones where they did a song for Satan that says, time is on my side. Uh, and of course, the, the ones who run this system uh, work in, in multi-generations towards a specific goal. Um, that's the hard part for people to realize. They think that, that if they started to build something, they would want it completed in their lifetime. And so it's hard for them to understand that there are those who will work in thousands of years towards a, a specific plan with with their master builders within every generation updating it and so on and that's exactly what Revelations is uh, a time of catastrophes which had happened again in the past many times well yes they have used this same scenario when I told that no, maybe a month and a half ago on my show I said you know this Revelations is the old road map that they have used over and over and over in the various forms to fool you and they said, it is not true. I said, well, I said, your Bible isn't that old. Mm, yeah. How can you say that? I said, it isn't. Mm -hmm. And somebody is asking you, Johnster says, if there is time, can Alan please discuss what he knows about the Waldorf Steiner school system, please? Well, the, the Waldorf is only one of them. There's many of them. Uh, they were set up uh, as sort of managerial classes uh, to train children to be in managerial classes for special societies which which help to manage the world. You see, the, the world is managed not by elected officials. Uh, it never was. And, and you'll find that in the writings um, of, of people like um, Lord or, uh, or, or Sir Storrs Storrs was a, a British uh, governor-general for Palestine in the 1920s. And he wrote his memoirs, and he belonged to the Milner group and the Cecil Road group, who laid the foundations for the, the British world empire and for, for India and for the Middle East and ultimately for the unification of Europe and China and so on. That was all set up in his day. He worked towards it. He published it in his own memoirs. And he said that all of the, the people who worked and did the real work towards the construction of this new world order were unelected. They all came out of the Ivy League universities in America and in Britain. And most of the foreign ones that were sent, sent abroad from Britain came from Cambridge primarily, some from Oxford. Oxford had a different function but uh, most of them came from Cambridge, and they were set off to, to either set up India and put in their puppet regimes, and he talks about the method of doing that, um, and in, in the Middle East, uh, they set up the puppet regimes, and, um, and they knew that, that chaos would ensue, but they knew it would take many generations for the chaos to die down, but once the, 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 the exact duplicate of uh, Britain and bureaucracy law, etc., was installed and working, then, and only then, would it be given this form of independence. But in reality, it wouldn't be independent at all. It would belong to a commonwealth of nations. So this is an old, old technique, and the real players belong to secret societies. Uh, Storm mentions in his own memoirs which ones he belonged to, the higher orders, 
uh, of the British Empire. And he also mentions uh, the, the high um, of India, uh, who sold her country down the, the, the river. It's for the Maomi's memoirs. He has the ones for the Middle East, Palestine, and, and even some of the top rabbis who had the orders of the British Empire. They, they, they had the actual order of the British Empire awarded to them. So it's quite funny to see all these different factions believing, that the followers believing that they're different from all the rest, but their leaders all belong to the same group. It's quite fascinating to see that, you know. Yeah, but... The, these guys elected. But the thing that is my, my major problem is that it is so difficult to go to people, and, and the question is, do they not reason? Do they not? Do they never look before they leave? Do don't they question? And I, you know, when we are speaking here, I asked that my very, very, very custodial parent, my father, I said, didn't you? Didn't you look? Didn't you reason? He said, well, he said, my mother uh, believed that the best thing for the family and for the church was that uh, I would become a priest. I said, but didn't you look what you were joining? Didn't you? Oh, no, because we had already been members. He said, from my mother's side since the year 1200. I said, stupid, since the year 1200, nobody looked, nobody investigated, nobody asked questions. He says, I guess not. He says, uh, you know, he said, he said, well, he said, no wonder they call you a rebel. I said, I'm not a rebel. I ask questions. Where did you come from? What did you make? How come that you are who you are? And, and show me. But people don't ask. Show me. When uh, in uh, 1974, uh, a very, very good friend who, uh, who was a, a medical doctor, and he was talking to me one day, and he said, you know, he said, some people find it very hard. He said, because you ask these questions. I said, oh, yeah, by the way, I should ask you a question, too. <laughs> he said, oh, no. I said, yeah, I've been, sort of have been on my mind for a long time. I said, why did you join the Masons? Why did you uh, proceed in the Masonry? I said, then uh, for sure you're not in a blue lodge you, because you're paying huge amounts of money from your income to these people. He said, yes, he says, once you're in it. And and uh, he said, they have uh, 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 picked you out. And he said, I, I basically went with a friend and joined the blue lodge. He said, before I knew it, he says, I was in this brown lodge, as he called it. And I said, oh, I said, and, uh, I said, and tell me about it. He said, they're no good. I said, they're no good, and you go there, you give them your money. He said, I just have to live it out until I die. I said, but that's ridiculous. So that tells how much power they have over people. Tremendous power. Uh, tremendous power. See, that, that's the whole problem of taking oath. Um, and you've got to remember, these aren't children taking oath. They're supposed to be adults taking oath. And so they tend to take it seriously. And, uh, and, and of course, they go through all these weird, really nasty types of like, curling oath, which would terrify the average person. Uh, you've got to understand and ask yourself, why would a charitable institution go through blood curling death oath? And, of course, the reason is, there's nothing to do really with charity that's a front and, and most of the gangsters of the planet hide behind charity uh, the real boys at the top have a much bigger agenda and it's, it's detrimental to the world as such and it definitely is a eugenics type program of ultimately uh, a scientific dictatorship running uh, the world um, everything must have a function and no one would be born without having a function to serve the world state. That's in all the documentation from the Royal Institute uh, characters in their own memoirs. Um, and it's to be run in such a way that there'll be no choice for the person at the bottom. You'll be told what you will be, what you will do. 
what you'll be trained to do. Uh, you won't be allowed to marry or choose your mate. Um, if you're lucky to, be to, to mate at all, it'll be selective breeding only and probably done as a reward. Uh, so that's the system that they have in store. They don't like this chaos, as they call it, of all the little people deciding what they want to do with their lives. That's too chaotic for them. But we're dealing with the ultimate control freaks here at the top. When you say this, when you say this, and we are understanding all too well that when we look at uh, uh, ancient Rome and before Rome where it all began, because this has been going on longer than 3,000 years, and when we look at it, we need to come to a place where we say to the people at large, it is time that you be informed and that it is time before it's too late because this time the mass annihilation of people will be greater than ever before. Because not only are they manipulating and playing with our planet, uh, and creating devastating conditions, but they are also setting up uh, a, a warlike uh, type condition that is spreading. And uh, now we know, of course, Canada is over its head in there. And uh, the people, the Canadians, are like a bunch of ducks, you know. And we can, and they say, quack, 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 where do you want to sprinkle the bread and we'll follow you? And we have uh, the United States that is now flying these great big humongous black helicopters over here to Vancouver. You know, and you look these things and you say, wow, I've never seen a thing that large in my life before. Look at it, they are monstrous. And of course, no, uh, no, it doesn't say Canadian or it doesn't say America, it's just black. And this thing flies over, and it is massive. And the people that came here yesterday, and they said, oh, you know what, when you first talked to us about it, we, 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 we didn't, uh, you know, we, we had seen a couple, but we, you know, nothing. But now we're seeing them all over the place. Well, when some more came last night, and we got more of the same story, of how they are seeing these huge black helicopters flying over Vancouver, mm -hmm. then you say, look, they are waking up, they are seeing it, but they are not understanding it. Yeah, no, they're not, no. no well, again, too, they're, they're lulled to sleep and diverted with trivia and another and, and minor crisis or, or potential or, or possible or fake crisis and so they, they can't, again, they can't believe that they're, but they think that their, their rulers are doing nefarious things behind their back. They truly believe that the media is telling them all they have to know and all that they should know. They really believe that. And that's, that's why they cannot put two and two together for themselves. They've acquiesced their own ability to reason and given it voluntarily to the media to do it for them. And Zygmunt Brzezinski, who kind of specialized in this form of mind control, wrote about it in his own book, Between Two Ages. Oh, I want to share something with you here, uh, Alan. Uh, um, RYB2006. Hello, sorry if I posed it twice. Paltok told me my message was not being posted. Do you know about Dr. Len Horowitz? who is now a Christian Jew. He mixes the Bible, Torah, and Kabbalah, and some Eastern mysticism with his health commercial ventures. He is a very into uh, water, etc. He does appear to add genuine, at least, appear at least less phony than one David Icke, Dr. Fred Bell, Alex Jones, Jeff Renz, and so forth. You see, when I see this kind of thing, Alan, I sort of grasp. I really do. Because it seems that it then is set up to drag more people from different angles and different 
believe or for no belief all into this because Eastern mysticism this morning had a major major talk with some woman about the Dalai Lama and how much money he gets from the CIA, you know, and all that hoopla. Then I say, well, wait a minute. We need to uh, be in that kind of a point where we say to these people, it is now that you need to open your eyes, that you need to open your heart. Here's the problem, and this is is what's happening. Um, In intelligence circles, uh, you have such a thing called intelligence. And, of course, intelligence is is basically understanding backed up with facts. And when the people start to get rumors coming through them from people who are doing real investigative work, that's called intelligence. Now, the other side, the government agencies, the Mossad, CIA, and so on, they have counterintelligence agencies, and they always have had these. Um, MI5 and 6 set up, actually before it was that, they had the Secret Service, is still in existence, and, and they set out these gurus into the world to create mystery and especially of all confusion. So they're still doing it. So the counterintelligence agencies pick up all the stuff which is intelligence, the facts, from all the real investigators, incorporate into the story, they're trained to do this, they have staffs working behind them, and then the doors are opened, and and they they hit all the big time suddenly, the sudden superstars, they become the Pied Pipers, everyone follows them, they're giving out the the, the truth that have have been taken from other uh, real investigators, then they spin it off into the different tangents of La La Land, and, and then they diffuse it all by making it all sound ridiculous. Yeah. Flush down the bathtub uh, w- w- with all the rest of the nonsense they lap into it. That's classical counterintelligence. And that's why I, I, Adam Weishaupt himself, uh, of the Illuminati, yeah. I, I wake up every morning thinking of this one statement that he made. He said, Oh foolish man, what can you not be made to believe? I always remember that. And you see, the, that classic counterintelligence, they take the, spin it up with, with such weird stuff that people laugh at it and, and, and toss the whole lot out. And that's it being diffused. You, you, just, uh, you, you just neutralized true intelligence. And, and that's what these guys do. If you understood uh, that you can't just walk into the BBC and say, give me an hour or two hours interview. <laughs> Uh, you realize it takes multi-millions of dollars to get a worldwide publicity campaign through all media, to get all the magazines writing about you, all the major media writing about you, newspapers, uh, all, all the entertainment writing about you, and, and, and radio shows giving you appointments and television shows. That's a publicity campaign that costs millions of dollars. It doesn't happen to the little guy who's, who's doing real work. It doesn't happen. So when it does happen, this is a must-be. They've given you a pipe piper. They make them into superstars. They take the truth. They steal it from everybody who's given the real truth out there. Walk it into fantasy land. It becomes a laughing stock in a circus, and you've just neutralized the truth. That's well, not counterintelligence. Yeah, but when when we uh, take a look at it, and uh, you know, and, and there's no doubt about it, they have so much counterintelligence going on with Bell. You know, they all run to Bell, but they don't know Bell is a 33rd and, and above uh, degree Mason. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we have the others that do their thing, and I, I am listening to them very, very carefully to what comes from there. And, and people that have come and they said, you know, you should be on Bell, you know. They should invite you on Bell. I said, I have been invited to become broadcaster at other places, but I have declined. I rather struggle and, and nearly keel over on this here so that I know I can get the truth out and not some hollabaloo comes there and changes what is the truth 
when you are off the air. They twist your words. So I said, this is the way it is. I said, and I would not. And we had some lady here um, doing some work here and said, uh, you know, uh, as a former broadcaster, I would like to get you on to uh, Art Bell. And this is quite, quite a while ago. And I said to this lady, I said, the people of Pal Talk who come and listen are intelligent. I need the people who come and listen to I on the Future Radio because I know they will speak about it, they will spread the truth, and the truth will stand on its own. But if I go to one of these big hoopla hullabaloo stations, then the people that come will no longer trust what I am bringing them. And this makes it so difficult to say to people, come on, support it, be informed, be empowered, mm-hmm. and and understand, you know, I'm not in bed with anybody. Are you, Ellen? No, not at all. <laughs> Did you know, you don't get paid, I don't get paid, I don't get told what I should say and not say. They did that five years ago, was the last time they did it, but now... We know that you and I can say, ladies and gentlemen, this is the way the cookie crumbles. Mm-hmm. Not I the was, other way. I was asked to go on. A, it's a well-known uh, Christian shortwave broadcast and, and a big group. And uh, they said they could put me on a tour, a speaking tour, the big box and so on if I would only go easy on Christianity. <laughs> that was the deal, you know. And, and so I, I, of course, refused it. So what you're saying there about the Art Bell, and and there's many Art Bell spin-offs now, again, heavily funded with, with unlimited access to, to, to all kinds of media. Uh, that is what I call the circus. What they've done in counterintelligence yeah. is to create what I call the circus, where they bring on all the freaks, and you're stuck in there between guys. And I, I was, in fact, recently. I was on one show. It was very similar to Art Bell. In fact, it was an Art Bell clone. And um, I think Zachariah Sitchin was going to come on two days after me. The guy after that was a guy who sold space helmets that guaranteed that you wouldn't be abducted. You know, <laughs> <an alien>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here you are. You're, you're the next. <laughs> Alan, come on now. That's right. That's a fact. true. That, that's, that's who he had listed. Yeah. Did he offer you one? <laughs> well, I didn't know. It. I it, would, it wouldn't fit my head, I don't know. <laughs> I think your brains would not have allowed it. it I think so. That's what they have. They have a circus, and you're one of the freaks in the circus show. And, of course, the guy, the interviewer, kept saying conspiracy theory, and I said, no, that's that's the counterintelligence word. They want everyone to call it conspiracy theory, yeah. which, which makes it almost a sideline, like a hobby. It's a popular hobby now, conspiracy theory. And uh, and I said it's, it's, it's actually fact, and I kept quoting the books where you'll find the facts written by the people who are helping to bring it on. And he didn't like that too much, so I probably won't be, won't be back on his show. And, and, and so, Are you worried? Oh, not at all. We just we just listed you here for every Monday night. Ah, mm. see, yeah. <laughs> we do, we're not afraid of them, you know. If they want to have us and make sausage out of the two of us, well, so they do. That's right. You know, really, and and when I look at it and I look at the poor people, you know, and and I'm watching this and I watch how they're being manipulated in the grocery stores. You know, I go to a very tiny store not too far from here. And this lady can, and you're going to laugh, she's, she sells sweet potatoes for 39 cents a pound. If I go two blocks up, and of course we have an air-conditioned, uh, shall we say, a Russian conspiracy store there, and then we can get that same sweet potato for a dollar seventy nine a pound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by golly, I looked at them and said, they don't look any different. Yes. Uh-huh. So, 
when you look at it and you are going to look before you leap and you love the people that are out there, then we have to say, okay, let us let us do what we can because there are more people like you and me out there than maybe you and I are aware of. And, and maybe through I and the Future Radio, they are going to tell their friends and families and say, okay, Alan is going to be there every Monday night. And uh, today you can uh, take it all and spread it around, you know, you know that stuff that they have for little kitties on their on their crunchies in Europe. You can spread it out, and they lick it up, and they they share it with the kid next door, and the kid next door. And maybe if we are fast, if these people are really wanting to be in the know, and they are fast, they help us spread it like wildfire, and maybe we can save some lives here. That's it. That's what it's all about. Because. We're People have no idea again of of the real horror show that's planned here, and it's not just happening or going to happen soon. They've been doing it slower in a slower fashion up until the present. Every I, I listened about April or so, March, April. Every year, the United Nations gives out the sperm count for the Western male, in amongst a bunch a bunch of other statistics. And there's never a comment after the after they give the quote. They always last year the sperm count, the active sperm count in the Western male was down 75 percent of what it had been in 1950. In other words, they're almost sterile. And there's no comment made to say this is a crisis or anything, which tells you no, it's right on plan. Obviously, since there's no comment to follow that, they're watching it closely and they know what's causing it because it's the inoculation is probably backed up by the food we're eating. And, um, and so they've, they've been doing this slowly with the depopulation program. Someone uh, from Britain asked the other day, do I believe in over, there's an overpopulation problem? And I say only from the elite's point of view, since they were a nice pristine world with no uh, useless eaters to, to, to play their golf on, you know, um, that's from their point of view. Thomas Malthus, who came out with the first big hype in his population reduction essay uh, in the 1700s for Britain, actually gave quotes and statistics and, and, and used graphs to show uh, that by the year 2000, we'd all be tripping over each other. And it was so funny because this has been used in universities ever mm-hmm. since, and the United Nations still uses the Thomas Malthus survey and yet Thomas Malthus lied. He picked those numbers out of a hat. The, the, the first British census wasn't done until two years after his book came out. How is that for magic, you know? And yet he was using all these, these figures. And, and there was no uh, overpopulation program at all. And, and let's be honest, you can't win by doing what governments want you to do. I've got books going back from the, from the late 1800s on this subject. And Britain then was telling the ordinary people... Uh, stop having so many children, um, uh, bring them down to 1.2 per ch- uh, child per family type of thing. And then Maggie Thatcher came out when she was in power, and she says, well, you've all been very good little children, she says. You've had less children, but now we'll have to open the, the doors to immigration because there's not enough of them to pay off the national debt. So you can't win here by doing what they want you to do. And there's always a different reason for them doing what you did, what they wanted to do. Henry Kissinger, when he was in with Nixon, uh, took a survey of the of the, the most the threat of the world and the threat to the United States, and he said, and it's a, it's a document that the United States was overpopulation, and he said immediate plans must be in, put into effect to reduce the population of the United States and the world. And he got his documentation from a a, a society he belonged to, and Nixon put it into law, and in that law, they even had methods of starving people to death in various countries to bring down the population. People should do some homework and check into this. I was working with uh, Jackie Petru on Sweet Liberty website on this, and there's quite a, a bit of information up there on it. They should read this stuff. These guys mean business. They mean business. And people who are getting sick now, um, they're coming down with, with 
studied all these diseases at the Institute for Inoculations. Yeah, this this with the inoculation is also a very difficult thing to to say to people and to educate the people. Don't have these bloody shots. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And they look at you and they say, "But my doctor," I said, "The hell with your doctor. He won't take them himself." That's right. That's if he has any intelligence, he won't touch it. And they say, what do you mean? I said, because this is all a setup to later make you become one of those tools for the drug companies and for the medical professions and also to have you age early because once you're 65, they don't want you anymore. Right, right. And get be done with you. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, that is, that is crazy what you're saying. I said, no. If you look at the people that were born in the late 1800s or even very early 1900s, they're all living until 85, 95 years. I said, but if you look at the people that have been born later and they have had all these vaccination shots, they are all crippled and decrepit because of the shots. And they said, well, it's not nice, but it's the truth. That's true. And all of these doctor series and dramas on television and hospital dramas and so on is nothing more or less than propaganda. It's to give you an image of, of, of this which is contrary to what it really does. And it doesn't mean that the people involved in hospitals know what they're doing. They take it on faith as well because of their indoctrination that that little vial does contain what it says it contains. You see, it's all done on faith. Uh, and yet, uh, and even when you see the results afterwards of people coming down with these diseases right after the shot, they can't bring themselves to believe that that's responsible. But it is. It's the only common denominator. Yeah, but if you look at it, you know, I, I was going to share something that I found very interesting, and that was in that book of Revelations, and I'm going to have your uh, your, your your word to it. It is on uh, chapter 3, and it's 8, 9, and whatever. And it says here, I know they works, behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Well, how ridiculous. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them, or, and then, see, of the synagogue of Satan which they say, they say, they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will not make them to come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you, but because I have kept the word of my patience, I also will keep you from the hour of temptation. Now, this is more ridiculous than anything. This is double talk. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's full of double talk. You know, and, of course, it's full of esoteric meanings all through it as well. And uh, and the big boys use all of this, this stuff because that's, that's their rule book, you see. The Bible is the rule book for, for their system. And you'll find that rule book in every Masonic lodge. They know the inner inner rules. I mean, in that book, there you're allowed to have slaves. You know, uh, there's so many uh, strange rules in there. But uh, that's the world they're going to create is open slavery, where we're supposed to love our servitude and and love our slavery, as Aldo Huxley said. And that was his part of the job, was to condition us into why worry through life when you don't have to. You can be a nice, happy, drugged uh, slave. You know. And, and that's their attitude to the ordinary people. And unfortunately, a lot of the people, I, I believe, are almost at the, st- the stage where they would take anything that would relieve their tension and anxiety. Yeah, but I, when you but when you say this, uh, and we and we have to take uh, take a look because to me, when we are going to say, and that's what we just just heard from this person in the audience. And, and we take a look at it, and we have a person who is now so confused, and I, that's what I call it, confusion, mm-hmm. 
first he was Jewish, he was Hebrew, and then he told me that two years ago he was Hebrew. Oh, interesting. Then all of a sudden he says, well, he's Jewish, but he is uh, uh, thinking of becoming a Messianic Jew. I said, I said, but the Jesus story is hullabaloo. And he says, you can't say that to me. He says, because I'm learning about it. But now he's so confused. He's, he, he does the Kabbalah. He does, uh, of course, uh, from the movie star. And uh, he is then also now in Eastern mysticism. And I said, gee, these people no longer know what ends up. Why are these people not looking when they when they go somewhere, and why did they do something what they are doing now? And I I've seen them, I've listened to them, and I said, you know, I said you are so confused. Uh, even this Egyptian fellow, I said you're so confused. I said, did you no longer know what end is up? Why did you do what you are doing? to make it so that eventually nobody will believe, neither trust you, because you are out of your mind. But I think this is a sort of, uh, what shall we say, Rome agenda, whether Masonic or the Catholic Church, doesn't matter, isn't it? Well, absolutely, there's no doubt. This is the age of confusion. This is what they planned. They, they said it's they created an age of confusion. And we're seeing it everywhere, uh, where people are... See, people are desperate, but it's the old story. They're terrified of death. They're, they're terrified of physical death, mm-hmm. and, and that's what that's what religion has always strived upon. And so, in come these characters and, and give you all these anecdotes, etc., and tell you that they understand how they can keep you alive forever. I understand that the latest fad is sort of pressure pad it points around the neck. If you can just stimulate them in the right order, you'll live forever. This is sweeping around the new age group, you know. So, so you have these fads that sweep through them like waves, and and they're desperate to to stay alive because they're terrified uh, of dying. Um, that's what's really behind this. And the guys at the top know how to masterfully manipulate those fears, and and, and they also lack meaning in life. We live in such an artificial system uh-huh. that people truly, truly have lost. Uh, what I call the natural humanity that's supposed to be in all of us, they've actually become to, they've become to emulate the, 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 what they see on television, the characters on television. They're emulating an unreality, and, and because of that, they're losing all meaning to, to life, personal meaning, and interaction with other people. Uh, we're not supposed to be here just to serve the old beast system of money and greed. Mm-hmm. It's me, me, me. There's much, much. In fact, you can't, you can't grow spiritually in that way anyway. No, but or the thing. Book the person consumes, if they can't relate to the fellows around them with compassion and understanding, they're not growing at all. Mm-hmm. You know? But Alan, this morning they they had a new, uh, what you call it, uh, commercial on the television. And here is this woman drives this very, very beautiful, shiny uh, Chevy SUV. Oh, it was beautiful. And here comes a mom, and this woman has a child. Here comes a mom with two kids. It's just a car, you know. And she gets out, and they both go to the stall, to the vegetable stall, and the woman from the uh, SUV is looking at the vegetables with her kid, and this other woman with the two kids on that side. And the child from the woman with the two kids leaves the mother, looks at the SUV, walks over to the other woman, and puts her hand, his hand in her hand. And I said, what a horrific thing to do when children are at that time watching the television mm-hmm. 8.30, 9 o'clock, 9.30 and, and to show a child that it's perfectly okay to leave your mother because the other stupid woman she has a new SUV from Chevy yes. uh-huh. yeah. so they're programming the children 
to say, the Joneses have, you don't have the heck with you. Yep. Yep. And, and then they're using the pressure of the children nagging the parents to make the parents go out and do this kind of thing too. This is how low down that the whole... See, marketing understands nature so well, and, and the whole idea is to exploit nature for their own benefits. And, and it's exploited on that basis, but it's also exploited in many other ways, too, in many directions. Um, but I, advertising is totally corrupt. And, but again, we're living in this corrupt, uh, commercialized system anyway. It, it, it shouldn't really surprise us how corrupt it is. Um, when getting to the top is all that is supposed to matter um, by any means possible, in fact. As long as you get there, you're suddenly, um, you've arrived, everyone bows to you, and, and you think you, you've made it, you've got all this money, and people worship those with money. Uh, it's a six six that was introduced thousands and thousands of years ago um, when, when they brought in a money system first by weighing it and then by coining it around 800 B.C. Mm -hmm. This is a totally, totally evil system. Uh, it's caused wars. We, uh, we, we, in fact, it's a beautiful form of slavery because a few elite can run the world when they have, they have us all working for money, which they can then tax back 60 or percent back to themselves, pay it out to the scientists, etc., to work for them, and create all this machinery and technology that's going to dominate us. That, that's really a better form of, of, of slavery, a more sophisticated form of slavery. You could never do that without money. Never. Uh, you couldn't keep an army together without money. So money is the key. That's why it's on the dollar bill, and God we trust. <laughs> Which God, Alan? Well, that's the pictures on it, too. It's the pyramid with the all-seeing eye right there, you know. So that's the God they're talking about, and, and and they couldn't do any of the evil they've done. And they truly, truly believe in high Freemasonry, and, and they've said this since the days of the early Rosicrucians in the 1500s, that they would use science, that science would be the savior of, of, of humankind. And that's what we're seeing promoted today. It's, everything is run in a, by a scientific form of dictatorship. We see all of the organized... It's interesting that Lenin even talked about this because he was trained by the best bankers of all. And and he said that um, uh, the same thing, that the true science, they would, they would create the new Soviet man, the new Soviet man, which is sort of... And Soviet means a group of councils or NGOs. And sure enough, it's the NGOs that put pressure on governments worldwide to get laws introduced. And, of course, these NGOs are picked by, are, are supplied, the leaders are supplied by the Rockefeller Foundation for North America. Um, I know this because a woman who works in the, in the foundation, she writes checks all day, every day, to these NGO groups that, that Rockefeller is in, in charge of. Mm -hmm. and, they, and they're constantly lobbying governments to get laws put, so put on the books. And it's through law, the introduction of, and the constant introduction of law, and Lenin, Lenin mentioned this, because eventually the West will, will collapse into the new world system with the overabundance of laws. Mm -hmm. It will be the age of overregulation, where no one can move without permits and laws and, and licenses and so on. Uh -huh. But we're seeing that being introduced today. Well, as somebody writes here, we, in this way of like, only want to get along with everyone not a dislodging of anyone. Okay? You see, the, the thing, the problem that we have here is, uh, and, and uh, my friend, who is a, uh, a doctor of acupuncture, said it again when he came to visit yesterday morning. And he said to me, he says, I want you to realize, he says that my son was tested for IQ and he's above I, uh, average IQ, and he says he was told, and he is being told over and over to uh, calm down because uh, he should not be so spectacular by knowing the answers because that is of no value. 
And he says, this is shocking. Here the child is taught at home to do his best to, to read and to write and to study and to do everything he can to be the best. And he comes there. No, you, you, you don't want to be spectacular. You want to be basically uh, uh, playing that you're an idiot because uh, standing out that you are better is uh, not accepted. That's right. Today in classrooms, it's groupthink. It's groupthink. In, in fact, you'll be ostracized by the group and the teacher if you don't come in to, and, and agree with, with whatever consensus is being pushed there. And, and that's how I've been training in schools meant for many years now. It's all groupthink uh, to get it all ready for the new habitat areas where we have these sort of NGO groups running our lives and you'll we'll all pretend to participate in the decision-making. Uh, so, yeah, they don't want independent thinkers. And, in fact, it, it wouldn't be unwise to, to advise uh, parents who have independent thinkers to be very careful in school because they're looking for those who could have leadership abilities and cause problems in the future. And that's the ones they're picking out to put on Riddle and, and so on. Anyone with leadership uh, qualities um, will be marked down as a, a troublemaker, you see, and put on Riddle and et cetera. This is a, a purpose plan uh, that just, you're seeing. You know. So when we, when we need to uh, take a serious look at it and, and the people out in the world, there is a very small percentage that have come to the conclusion that, uh, no, no, you don't look for conspiracy. You look for the truth. You use it and you inform your friends, your neighbors, your family of what is out there. And yet at the same time, we have the others saying, oh, don't believe it because there's nothing wrong, nothing going to happen. Yeah. Yet the people in Vancouver, Canada, are saying, we see all this black bigger than we ever saw before. Black helicopters, and we don't know where they're going, but they're flying all over the city. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So these people last night, they said, you know, we saw, and I said, boy, this is the second batch of people that come to tell me this. And then early this morning, the little baker tells me, you know, I never saw these things out of the window this early in the morning at 4.30 before, but they're flying already at that time. Can you tell me what these guys are doing? I said, sweetheart, as we told you to wake up, and it's time to wake up and to pull your head out of the sand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think these helicopters you see are patrolling the coast in case Ben Layton comes over in a biplane, if he can find an old biplane from World War One, he might just come across in it and do something. But, but no, these, these black helicopters have been on the go for quite a few years. Um, in my last place I lived, the farmer up the hill asked me to come up one day. He said that these helicopters were coming up following the river and then coming up over his field and just hovering their information and it was putting his cows off, off, their, off their, their food and milking and so on. And so I went up there, and sure enough, there's a bunch of them sitting there hovering a few feet off the ground, and we walked up to them and knocked on the doors, and there's black windows too, and they, nobody came out. And um, they just sat there, and eventually they just took off and went off again. So we reported it to base Borden and said, look, Cooper's flying these things over here, is putting the cattle off and uh, it's upset the farmers, and Borden got back in half an hour and said, well, it's not us. He said it belonged to a U.S. group, but who are now stationed in Downview, Ontario, outside Toronto. Now, Downview was a military base that's supposed to be closed down. So so there was a, a confirmation that there's, uh, this must be under the ground, under underground bases now in, in Downsview, that these things were coming from in Ontario. So they're, they're all over the place, these, these I've seen them. You know, in fact, it was one of them that tried to burn the house down one night. So, um, yeah, they've been here for quite a few years. 
of the, the this future system coming uh-huh. up. Uh, George Orwell put it in his own book, 1984, and it begins with the main character, Winston, shaving, and, and a, a helicopter, a black helicopter, appears outside his window watching him. So they even knew back, back in 1948 that they'd be using the black helicopters to survey and, and frighten people. Black is the color of death, you see. That's why all the police have changed their uniforms to, to black. black. And I, I was amazed at the 1998 when I saw four policemen coming along Alliston, Ontario, all dressed with these new black outfits. And uh, they've done the same overnight across the country. Uh, and even their ties and their shirts are black. And they're wearing boots. And I thought, well, what, what, what this, you know? This is a new type of military I'm seeing here. That was obvious. And, um, and what really surprised me is the Joe Average that was passing by when I pointed it out to them, they hadn't even noticed that one day they're wearing blue and then they're wearing black the following. They didn't even notice. I can't believe. Well, I can believe that they've been dumbed down so much. Something's happened to, to, to their, their brain, literally, physically, I think. Yeah, but a very interesting and uh, char- charging 07 says, So what? That they are all in black. Well, we here, uh, it's a year and a half ago, uh, and I, I, I live next door to the hospital, and uh, go out occasionally, take my dogs out, two o'clock in the morning, and uh, was walking there, and here I see a whole bunch of these fellows, as you were talking, all dressed in black. Mm-hmm. And, well, I tell you, I have traveled all over the world, but I could not understand these fellows. I didn't know where they came. They didn't speak Russian. They didn't speak Chinese. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, where did these come from? Mm-hmm. And they looked quite threatening to the people that walked by them to go into the hospital. Matter of fact, the lady looked at them, and she was so nervous that she fell off the sidewalk. Uh-huh. You know, and I said, well, this is really sad. What's going on here? But they didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. So I wonder where they came from. And what is it when people, wherever they are, do not understand is that they need to come to understand that we are in a sense of danger. Yes. Uh-huh. What, whenever the government starts introducing the old black executioner's outfit, you know that something's changed within your legal system. You're now looking at, at lethal force. That's what it also stands for, is lethal force. Authorized lethal force. And no matter what what uh, world you t- or, or country you, you tune into, you're seeing the same outfits, the same uniforms from Britain to Canada to the States to everywhere. It's the same stuff we're seeing. This is a world system, and it's built up over the years an army of police uh, through various guises. So we've got to fight the drug war, we've got to fight this war, that war. But we're seeing the real function uh, emerge, and it's, of course, a war on the people when the chaos erupts. That's what it's for, yeah. yeah. But at the same I mean, time... You wouldn't ask these guys the time of day you know, or directions. You wouldn't go near these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, as we are, are looking at the agenda that is out there, and when you say to the uh, the population, the religious population out there, Go into your book of Revelations, and, and it is a roadmap, and it is telling you what. And at the same time, they are sitting, and they say, well, you know, I don't really understand it. And mm-hmm. uh, you say, well, how come? And, and they don't. How come? how come? How come you don't understand it? What has happened to you yes. that you have lost your sense of reasoning that you have lost your sense of wisdom, yep. that you are saying to us, I do not understand. And what is it that you don't understand when you are there,
seeing it taking place, seeing it uh, expanding itself, and the danger increasing every day, and then others saying, yeah, but you speak about this, and you are blaming a certain section of the population. I said, not a certain section. This is a major part of your population. This is the New World Order religion. The New World Order policing and the New World Order disaster because Canada already has sold itself out totally lock, stock and barrel to the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And uh, this poor little woman yesterday, they they spoke about this uh, uh you know, what uh, they are going to do when you are not filling out the census. I said, what census? I didn't hear of a census being out today. And she said, oh, no, oh, no, it's coming out in May. But did you know that this census is all controlled by the United States of America? I said, are you Canadian? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, well, then don't fill it out. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't ask you to vote. Mm-hmm. They didn't say, is this Okay. So they said that they will sell us, sell us out all our information, all, everything that's personal about the people in this country. Well, then don't fill it out en masse. Mm-hmm. Because our friends in America are Americans, and they have to mind their American business because they choose to be in the situation that they're in, and we have a situation here, but we are not choosing it. 